It is week six in the Siouxland area in terms of high school football. Welcome into another edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. And wherever you find your podcasts, we appreciate you listening. As always, I'm your host, Zach James. I'm the assistant sports editor here. And alongside with me, as always, is sports editor Justin Rest. Coming up in this episode, we'll talk about a good slate of games coming up this week, um, including East and North on Thursday night. Sergeant Blue Fluton facing Lamar's. Bennington facing South Sioux. We'll talk about that briefly. Uh, Dakota Valley at Del Rapids. The other city games include Denison taking on Bishop Peelan and Walshertown coming clue halfway across the state to face Sioux City West at Olson City Stadium on Friday night. The games outside of the city we'll talk about include West Sioux at Weston Christian, Remsen St. Mary's at Harris Lake Park, Southeast Valley at Spirit Lake, Swan Lake facing Spencer, Unity Christian at West Line, and Woodbury Central taking on Westwood. But Justin, let's start in the city, specifically at Olson Stadium on Thursday night. East taking on North. East got a big win last week in the Des Moines area, and uh, we'll see. If, let's see if they can uh, build that, build off of that momentum of uh, facing off against the uh, Stars at Olson coming up on Thursday night. You'll be at that one. Yeah, two completely games for both teams. You know. North got pounded against uh, Des Moines-Lincoln there in that second half. East really pulled away in the second half. Um, it's just tailed two different teams. Uh, you know, East is re- <coughs> East is receiving votes in the poll this week. Uh, Foreign record, they're getting some respect out there. And, and honestly, they're, they're playing well. They did what they needed to do. Um, ran the ball well. Tejon Jones. They gave him the ball. He responded with 11 carries and 127 yards. And I just feel he's a playmaker right there. He did a 27-yard touchdown reception. So, you know, they, they, they forced three turnovers, got or forced three fumbles, you know, also got an interception. That's uh, just going to be hard for North, a team that's struggling to, you know, put drives together. You know, you're mm-hmm. facing a team that's turn, turning other teams over, and, and it's just been a struggle for North right now. Their, their defense just on the field too long. They've got 62 points. 62 points. If East can play ball control offense, they can get some turnovers. It, it can turn into a route pretty quickly. And you'll be at that game, and you can follow Justin's tweets on that game on Thursday night at Justin Rust for those updates at Olsen Stadium. I do want go ahead, go ahead. I should mention they did. We East did get that must win that you were talking about last yes. week. And if they can get this yes. one against North, or you know, like I said, six wins I think is the magic number for them to get in the playoffs. Getting that one against Hoover last week was big. Another one against North will be big here, too, before, before they got their tough part of the schedule coming up. I do want to stop at Olsen Stadium for Friday night's game, too, because between Marchertown and West. Marchertown has had a really good year. They come halfway across the state. West lost 93 to nothing last week. Marchertown's going to win this game, but where I want to go with this, where do you go from here if you're West? How do you How do you – Find the silver lining if you're on the Wolverines um, staff, squad, whatever you want to call it. You just got to look for the little positives here and there. You know, you got to look for the little development out of your kids. Um, it's going to be tough these next few weeks, you know. Um, facing Marshalltown, that's a team that just dropped out of the rankings because they got beat pretty hard, but it's a pretty good team. And you got Southeast Polk, Fort Dodge, Nankin, Centennial, all, all all very tough teams. So you look for the positives. You look for your defense to make a few more plays. You know, you're, you're not going to win these four games. If they do, yeah. it's, it's one of the big shocks in the state. Um, 
So you look for the positive, you get maybe a stop that you didn't get before. Maybe you move the ball a little better than you get before. These are all young kids. There's very few seniors on this team, very few juniors. You just have to look for development. That, that's point, plain and simple because the last two games have just completely gotten away from them. Yep. Uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton getting a big win against Heelan last week, and, and I count that as a big win because Heelan's defense is has had a good season and, and for Daniel Wright to do what he did um, as the quarterback for the Warriors against the Crusaders defense. That said something, I think that that allows the Warriors to take a step forward and, and like we've talked about off-air, um, for the Warriors to make a deep run, um, potential deep run in the state tournament coming up here in a few weeks. I also think it showed some flaws in Sergeant Bluff-Luton, too. Um, while did, they, they were trying to force the deep ball, it wasn't working. They switched to more more, you know, shorter routes in a very good fourth quarter, but it tells me that they didn't make, did they make the adjustment soon enough? So I was wondering, you know, Shrudler had three touchdowns, saw the 3.1 yards per carry. So can they play the short game? That's the key. Can they do the short passes, find the intermediate routes? Instead of hitting the deep ball, can you hit the shorter routes? Daniel Wright did only pass for 143 yards, 20 of 31 passing. So they were finding it later. Can they adjust now? Teams now have the blueprint of how to try and slow Sergeant Balfour down. Will it show this week? I don't know if Lamars has the defense to do that. However, you get a pretty tough defense, and 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 we'll see. It'll be you know a game against Spencer could be key when you see that. You know that that, that that's what we'll see. Uh, the blueprint is out there for how to slow a Sergeant Bluff team down because they don't run the ball as well they have like they have the past couple of years. Um, in, in that aspect. Do you think for the Warriors that this was that the win against the Crusaders kind of allowed them to take a deep breath and just be more comfortable with where they're at their season? Like if they had lost to Heelan, that would have that would have affected their playoff hopes, obviously. And it's a rivalry game too, and it probably would have um, t- taken some light off of what it's of how the Warriors have played so far. A bit, I guess. When you have such high aspirations at Sergeant Bluff, you don't really take that breath. Because you got to move on to Lamar's, a team that's fighting for the playoff life and is just as dangerous as, as Bishop Heelan. So, you know, you, you really can't take breaths at this point of the season where if you want to get where you are, you just have to get better and get consistent. You know, you, you move on, you learn, you take what you learn from it because Shredler's still 92 yards. They still won the game. Mm-hmm. Their defense played tough. You know, that defensive line was Spencer Clean on there. They're, they're pretty good. They're getting a good amount of tackles for losses. They got two interceptions. So, you know, the defense played well. And, now you have to adjust your offense a little bit uh, to, to that. Maybe put a little more, I don't want to say gadget plays, but you know, a little more swing passes or something out there. Schwedler only had two receptions, so either they were guarding him well or he wasn't utilized in the passing game. If you can get him utilized in the passing game, that keeps the defense a little bit more honest. I'm not going to make you talk about the Bennington South Sioux game. I'll just say I'll be at that game. I'm covering the game. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, exactly W James. Um, I'm interested to see how the community comes out, and if they're still rallying, rallying around this Cardinals team who won their season opening game but haven't had much success since that. So I'm just interested to see, A, if the community is still rallying around this team, and B, where this team has developed since that season opening win, and if there are still steps going forward in terms of um, the program going forward, the team going forward, and if the kids still like to play under Coach Christopher Stein. So I, I'm most interested in that as I ha- head to Nebraska. And so it's also the sixth different U.S. state I will have covered a high school football game in. So I, that's, that's cool 
for me too. So I, is, I, I'm. That is what? pretty cool. Yeah, that is yeah. pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Sasu handles them. Um, you know, they've been giving up a lot of points, and Bennington's been able to score a good amount of points. You know, they lost twenty four fourteen this past week, but thirty five points, forty three points, twenty points, and twenty eight points. So it hasn't been light. So it's a lot of it's on the defensive side of the ball, and they like. The offense has been struggling, so we'll see what they can do against Bennington. So, meanwhile, we've been beating some storylines pretty hard this season. But I think this one with Dakota Valley, just having a, just a tough schedule and and rising up to the occasion week by week. And here they come again this week with the huge game against Del Rapids. Um, I think I think the Panthers will rise to the occasion this week too, Justin. Yeah, but I can also see Del Rapids rising to the occasion too. I mean, this is, if I remember correctly, this is the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. So this is no slouch. This is a five and zero team, and it's two versus three in this one. Del Rapids is number two, Dakota Valley is number three. But yeah, Dakota Valley has risen to the occasion all year this year. Even in their loss to Madison, they rose to the occasion. Probably not. You know, it's probably if, if, if Coach Fannin Hall heard that, he probably would disagree with that, and so they didn't. Um, but, you know, with where we thought they'd be at the start of the season to where they were in that first game against Madison, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty impressive considering all the, all the tools they lost. You know, they did struggle against – Del Rapids did struggle against Lennox in the season opener, but since then they, they've kind of rolled. They got a big win against Madison, 14-13. to 13. They did beat Mitchell, who, who, you know, has had a couple nice wins, 7-6. to six. And they, they really handled Tri-Valley, who's a traditional power last week. So, you know – Defensively, they're a very stout team. Uh, they've only allowed uh, 32 points all season, so we'll wow. see what this uh, Dakota. Yeah, we'll see what this Dakota Valley offense can do against Del Rapids, who's really held opponents in check. Um, but you know, if Dakota Valley can get a couple scores, get some time off the clock, their defense steps up because it's not like Del Rapids is scoring a ton of points either. And they got 42 against Flandreau. After that, and 35 last week against Tri Valley. I, I would definitely put Dakota Valley's defense against Tri-Valley's. Uh, you know, there's a couple games in there, 7-7-14. Seven, seven, we'll see how this defense can keep the, uh, Del Rapids in check because this, this is going to be a slug it out game right here. Where would you rank this game on, among the challenges the Panthers have had so far? This is their toughest test this season. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I know I've said that a lot, but Yankton's fallen off a little bit since since that game. and. Del Rapids is the team that's number two right here. It's the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. I think this is their toughest test right here and, and, and biggest, biggest test to prove right here too. So uh, I, even if they do lose, uh, I'll, it'll be interesting to see the score. But, you know, I'm really interested to see what the score this is, see who comes out on top there. Because I, I legit think Dakota Valerie is a state title contender. Is this a low-scoring game? I think it's a low-scoring game. I really do. You know, both teams' defense has been stout all year. You know, I could see something like twenty to eighteen. If they hit, I think I think twenty four is about the max. We'll see, we'll see for a team scoring points in this one to see where both defense are at. I think it'll be a low scoring game. Have we mentioned Denison and Helan yet? Oh yeah, let's talk about them for a quick minute. Um, Helan, I, I think this is a big one for Helan just bouncing back. I, I don't want to call it a moral victory, moral loss for Helan, um, playing that closely to the Warriors, but. Um, I think it's, this it's will not, be a big bounce not, back. It's not a moral victory because they lost that game. They lost in the fourth quarter, and you can't take a moral victory out of it in a game that you lost in the fourth quarter. You just can't, no matter how their season has gone, with what they need to do in the playoffs. A moral victory is fun until you miss the playoffs. So this is a huge game for both teams. Um, Dennison losing to Spencer, 
really showed kind of where the power of this is. They need to bounce back here because this they've got Storm Lake, Sergeant Bluff, and Lamar's losing to Spencer. Where does that put them now? Does it put them along the Heenland lines, Storm Lake lines? Because I don't see them beating Sergeant Sergeant Bluff. So now you got to find a way to get three more wins out of out of it against Heenland, Storm Lake, and Lamar's. So this is kind of a must win for them, and it's definitely a must win for Heenland if they have any hopes of making the playoffs. I still think five wins is enough to do it. Can their defense shut down Dennis and Schleswig? I think so, and I think they can score enough points. I think their offense is finding enough consistency. They can score some points. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think I think Heelan holds Dennis and Schleswig's offense in check, and they get the one they need this week. Now let's head to our Siouxland area games um, coming up this week, and uh, the big one is West Sioux, Western Christian. Barry Poe will be at that game. Um, his Twitter is SCJBerry, uh, P. It's, this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one, and, and – Western Christian's defense, they showed it against Heelan that they can be a very strong defense, but how strong can that defense be, Justin, on that West Sioux offense? I mean, you're completely comparing apples and oranges with the, with Bishop Heelan and, and West Sioux's I offense. Know, I know. And, and that's the thing. that it, It's more the what they did against Boyd and Hall's offense that I see more than anything, um, just because just Western Christian's defense has been very good this season. They have a lot of athletes outside of the ball. Um you know, someone I heard someone say, you know, it's kind of like seeing a bunch of basketball players be really good at on defense in the football field. So, you know, <laughs> um, they, they they held Boyd and Hall Rock Valley in check with seven points. They held Central Line in check with five points. Now that may not sound like that's a one and five team or one and fourteen. Central Line really put on the points against Boyd and Hall Rock Valley this past week. And I told when we talked last week about the districts, that was a game to watch. And it could still be a three-headed race between Boyd and Hall, Central Line, and Sioux Center. So Central Line putting up a lot of points in Boyd and Hall Rock Valley, and they even put up 20-some points against Wasu. They can score some points. So that's the game I look at. Central Line, Boyd and Hall Rock Valley, Unity Christian holding them to six points. Unity's offense hasn't been the greatest this season, but, you know, to hold them there, it's going to be what, what comes out better. Can Western Christian find a way to slow down Wasu's offense? Can athletically – they can hang with Cade line out there. Speed-wise, that'll be interesting to see. Can they key on the weapons there? Can they get pressure on Hunter Deckers, make him run a little bit there? You know, I think Western Christian's good up front as well. I think the key is, will they run the ball well with Bryce Coppock? Can they take some time off the clock and work some short intermediate routes, then work in the deep ball on that one against Western Christian? Because this is going to be the most Western Christian's been tested all year offensively. They've got West line later in the year, but that's a lot more ground and pound way more ground and pound than Western Christian and then West Sioux that can toss the ball around. So can Western Christians off our defense stick with West Sioux's offense? Cause that's, you know, it's the, the, you know, the movable object against the, yeah. however, however that saying goes, you know, it's, it, that's, it's the matchup everyone wants to see is can this defense hold up against this West Sioux offense and can West Sioux's offense, score a bunch of points against Western Christian because Sioux Center did, did keep them in check uh, in that aspect, and, and, and West Sioux's made some adjustments since then. So 63-47-75-58 says that 24-point game against Sioux Center. So, Let me ask you this from a Wolfpack standpoint then. Do you think Western Christian can compete more in a low-scoring game or a shootout? Can, can they play in a shootout, basically? It's going to have to be more of a lower-scoring game than a shootout. I think you have so, to too. Stop after stop after stop. I think that's easy. If they can keep the offense in check, that's better for them because Western Christian's offense hasn't been as consistent as needed to be. They've had a lot of guys step up, 
But talking to Coach Koima, he said, you know, you know, sometimes we'll get things going and then things will stall a little bit. That may happen here. You don't want to get in a shootout because if you don't keep up scoring with them, that's a hard thing to do out of an offense that hasn't been as potent as West Sioux. You need to get a few more stops. You know, I, I can see the final score of this game being 49-47. That just means Western Christian got a lot more stops than some other teams. But I think I think a shootout definitely favors West Sioux in this situation. And I was just about to ask you, what constitutes slow scoring for the hold Western under West Sioux? Is it 30? Is it 35? I think, what, I think both teams combined in the 60s, you know, what would be the lowest scoring for this one against high school football. You know, I'm – or under the 30s, you know, for each team. But I think I think you just can't be giving up the 50 to 60 points in there, or even 45. I think if they can somehow hold Wasu under 40 points, that keeps them in the game. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And speaking of high-scoring games, I'm sure Remsen St. Mary's, Harris Lake Park is in, in eight-man playing. And I'll admit, um, when, I did the, when I have done the AP poll the last couple weeks, I've I've wanted to put the Hawks at first, but there's a team up in Northeast Iowa that precludes me to do that in Don Bosco of Gilbertville, and they'll be number one throughout the season, and they'll probably be number one in wrestling as we um, turn the corner to win or two. But coming back to the Hawks in this game against Harris Lake Park, like I asked you with Dakota Valley a few minutes ago, is this Remsen's hardest challenge so far this season, Harris Lake Park? Um, that's a good question. I put it right up there with Audubon, who they got in the final seconds of the game. Um, that was at home, though. So I, I think it's right up there with them. It could be the toughest challenge. Harris Lake Park has had some good teams in the past. Looks like they got a pretty good attack this year as well. Um, you know, they're really throwing the ball well. You know, Isaac Elon has 645 yards receiving and 14 touchdowns. He's having a really big year for this Harris Lake Park team. Brody Son is 64 of 94 passing. 23 touchdowns, only three interceptions. It's a little different than Audubon, who I think ran the ball a little bit more. Um, I think a lot of stuff went through their quarterback. Um, this one, I think they passed a little bit more than Audubon. I could be completely wrong here, and I'm stalling to get the quick stats. And, yeah, uh, well, they, they passed the ball a bit more. Um, but they have the ground game with, with Skylar Schultes, who's rushed for 920 yards in Audubon. Harris Lake Park's got a good passing game, but – a good run game, but it's, it's, it's centered around their pass more than that. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a different dimension, something you really haven't seen because, to be completely honest, since then, Boyer Valley they beat the crap out of. And Boyer Valley was receiving votes, but they have, they have, they've really hit rock bottom this year. Kingsley Pearson struggling. River Valley struggling. Arwe Valley struggling. From that same aspect, you know, Harris Lake Park really beat up on Northwood Kensington. That's really the toughest game they've had all season. Um, they did beat Arwe Valley 60 to 6. That's comparable to the 59 nothing win that Remsen St. Mary has, has. So will Remsen St. Mary be able to stop the pass from Harris Lake Park? Will Harris Lake Park be able to stop the running game from Remsen St. Mary's? Because they have a decent front up there. You know, Boyne Harpenau, 467 yards. They really mix up pass and run. So will they be able to recognize when it's a run, when it's a pass? What's all going to happen here? Because, you know, Skyler Waldenschmidt and Austin Jensen are good, two good weapons for Boyne Harpenau mm-hmm. to hit. And, you know, they run, they probably run more of a read option with Harpen all back there. So it's two contrasting styles. I'm really interested to see who comes out of that one. It's, it's kind of hard to predict just because the schedules both have faced and the two different styles. And this is going to sound like a dumb question on the surface, but because there is the didactic that eight-man is mostly pass-heavy, how big of a key is it for Ramson to have that good pass-run balance? 
Um, it's interesting. Eight man is, is not always known for its passing game. There's a lot of good running teams in eight man too. It just depends where you're at, what athletes you have to run it. Um, I remember when I was in, in South Dakota, Avon had a really good balance like Remsen St. Mary's has right now. It's that, that, that's so, sort of unusual to see is the balance. Either one team's run heavy or one team's pass heavy. You don't, you know, and if you're run heavy and your quarterback can pass, but you're quarterback centric. Here it's a well-balanced attack for Rams and St. Mary's. Yes, Blaine Harpenau can run a bit, but yeah. 400, 467 yards isn't really like, whoa, because Jeremy Nock has 331 yards and Brandon Finch has 231. So they got two running backs that he can give it back there too. So, you know, it, it's really a well-balanced rushing attack too along with Harpenau. So it's interesting to see you don't see that dynamic of a well-balanced as much as you usually would. You know, Bryce Coppock was really dynamic for that new Alfonso team. He ran the ball a lot. So – uh, it's a dynamic that's really interesting to see, and that, that's what some of the best eight-man teams have, too, because Don Bosco has had a good running game, but they are known for their passing And I'll go up on a small tangent here and say that I didn't grow up around eight-man when I came through Montezuma. There just weren't very many eight-man schools in Southeast Iowa. Now, there's plenty of them, including my high school, ranked ninth and eight-man, by the way. I think either ninth or tenth. But anyway... I, I just find it interesting that the run game is becoming more of a thing in eight man than it was ten years ago when I was in high school. It, it ha- like I said, it, ha- it has always kind of been the thing with some good teams, and it all it all depends which schools you're around that sees it. If they if they put an emphasis on the past, they're going to stick to. Um, eight, eight man is just a whole different dynamics. You have yeah, that wide open field is the thing. So you can really run the ball in eight man very well. I've seen Janesville do it in the past too. I so, saw Kingsley do it Friday know, night. The poll's been able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Some teams always took that run game because it can tick it down, and maybe they aren't the highest-scoring ones. But it's really interesting uh, to see how your offenses are running eight-man and how it changes to that with two less linemen. Let's jump back to the 11-player game here, Southeast Valley, Spirit Lake. What do you see with this one? This is a must-win for Spirit Lake at this point. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too, too dramatic for that, but the last two weeks have been a major drop-off for Spirit Lake. You know, after starting the season with a night of a very nice one over Spencer, really holding central line in check, they lose to Sioux Center, who's a good team. Then they lose to Esterville Lincoln Central, who I, I don't consider that great of a team. They, they've had trouble scoring. Defense has been good, but 20 to 14 loss to Esterville is a very big red flag right there. You can see a loss to Sioux Center, but the loss to Esterville, the red flags just come up big time. Now you have a Southeast Valley team that entered in the rankings, I believe, uh, um, uh, this week in, in that poll. Um, yeah, they, they are in the two-way rankings at number 10. They're 4-1 on the season. Now you have a, now you have a team that hasn't given up a lot of points this season. They've, the most they've given up is 38 against South Central Calhoun, a very powerful offense. Six points, 18, 7, and 6 to the other opponents, but they're not exactly that big. So Spirit Lake, if they can't get this one, they're on the outside looking in right now because then you have you do have Clarion Goldford, but you have Algona then all of a sudden. And you got Garner mm-hmm. Hayfield. There's two wins in there with Clarion and Garner. You lose to Southeast Valley, you're three and three. You then get the you win against Algona. Have to win out. Or you, yeah, you, you get the two other wins. You're sitting there at five and four, and I don't think you make the playoffs there. So this is kind of a must win for Spirit Lake against Southeast Valley. They really need to bounce back this week. What do you think they need to do? Just Outside be more consistent like that. To just, just make, I don't know, it just, Seems like something's not clicking from them. The ground game hasn't been that exceptionally strong this year. So maybe that's something they need to get more of the ground game. That 
Gavin Harms does have 42 rushes, 227 yards, 5.4 yards per carry average. So maybe get him the ball a little bit, a little bit, because that'll open up Stein more. I, I, I would yeah. almost guess that he's getting double covered because he is the focal point of that offense. Harms had 11 rushes for 26 yards in the last game. Brent Scott, the running, the, the quarterback, had 86 yards rushing. So you got to kind of find a way to open things up for Gavin Harms because if not, teams are really going to focus on Joe Stein. Six receptions, 33 yards last week. I, I bet you he's getting a lot of focus on this offense because he's the main go-to weapon in this one. And if they can't find other weapons, teams are going to see him as one-dimensional and stop him down. They're, okay, they're going to make you beat you outside of Joe Stein. Yep. I guarantee that's what happened the last couple of weeks. Yep, and that's that's how I would coach against Spirit Lake too. Uh, make make someone other than Joe Stein beat you, and that's a pretty good theme for Spirit Lake this year, whether it be football. I, I'm, I'm guessing he plays basketball because he's tall. But, um, yeah, that's that's a good strategy for Southeast Valley or Algona or whoever Spirit Lake has for the remainder of their schedule. Let's move over to Storm Lake Spencer now. Um, Storm Lake has had a good season. Spencer has two. Um, this, this should be a pretty good one. Yeah, it is. Spencer's really had a bounce back after the beginning of their season. Like I, said, they mentioned, I mentioned the loss to Spirit Lake. Now they're three and two on the season because their second loss was to Webster City. Webster City is kind of hovering there, but you need to get the win against almost Floyd Valley, Humboldt. You took advantage of two teams who are down. Then you got a really nice one against uh, Dennis and Schleswig. And I think that shows how they've really adjusted throughout the season. They only passed the ball three times. They ran it really well. Isaac Pingle, 113 yards. Uh, Isaiah Spencer, 187 yards. And, and Gage Garnotts, their quarterback, he can run the ball a little at six, seven yards. So I think they're really finding a good dynamic running the ball right now. And I think they had that early in the season, but they're kind of refining it. Their defense is really starting to, to, to gel up there, you know, in mm-hmm. that aspect. Uh, uh, they're, they're not getting a lot of tackles for losses or turnovers, but they're playing a lot more solid before. And they get up 39 to – to Spirit Lake and 22 to Webster City, who's not bad, but I think the running game is really getting going. And this will be a nice test for for Storm Lake. And I know we've said it before for Storm Lake, um, that aspect. Uh, the one loss in the season is to Lamar's, and Lamar's was able to get the ball moving a little bit against them. So can they slow it down? However, that's a much different offense. You know, this is going to be more ground and pound. I'm sorry, it's OABCIG. OABCIG, they beat them. They got a nice one against Lamar's. So they shut down the pass, pass enough last week to get the win. Um, this week, they're going to have to focus on the run a little bit more. And that'll be different from what they've seen the last couple of weeks. Completely different. You've seen two pass-heavy offenses. Yeah. Lamar's no ABCIG. Now you have to focus on the ground game, which, which is what Alto really did a, a couple of weeks ago. That, they're really a team that likes to hit the ground well with Anthony Creer. They won that game 25-10. to 10. Spencer's so she, got a little bit more weapons, so you got to yeah. kind of follow that game plan. But Spencer's got more weapons, but you can kind of, kind of follow that blueprint and say, hey, we did well against run here. Let's follow that same dynamic here. So, so if you're a Tornadoes fan, you should feel pretty optimistic that since they've handled the, run, the opposing run game well this year, that they should handle Spencer's run game well. It's a little different. So it gives you a little bit of confidence. says, that, hey, we've seen this before on a good running game. Instead of saying, hey, these two pass-happy things, now how do we switch? You can, you, they've made that adjustment this season. Now they just have to do it again. I do give the edge to Spencer in this one, though, with the way their defense has been playing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Storm Lake gets their points in there. They've scored the ball well this they've scored well this year. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can get something going against Spencer's defense. It's really locked down the last couple of weeks. Can Storm Lake's offense get going? Because this, this is going to be run versus run in this one since Storm Lake runs the ball pretty well too. So whoever yeah. stops the run better in this one, 
gets the win. And I see that being Spencer a little bit more. I give, I would say 60-40 in favor of Spencer right now if I, just, if I had to put odds on it. Do you see this one being a low-scoring game since it's going to be so run-heavy? I see it in about the mid-20s for both teams. Okay. I, I can see Spencer getting to the 30s. I don't know if I see Storm Lake getting into it. They have to keep Spencer out below 30 points. They're going to win this one, I feel. Let's move up to West Lion now as they'll host Unity Christian coming up on Friday night. Um, this one should be a good one, too. I think I think this game is going to be a, a pretty competitive game as well. What do you say? This is going to be another, you know, last week I was a prove-it game for Western Christian. You move into another one for, for – I'm sorry, for Unity. This is another one for Unity again against West Lion, another prove-it game. Are they pretenders or are they contenders? They, they didn't stick with Western Christian last week. Western Christian's off uh, defense really shut them down. What are they going to do against – I think West Lyons' defense may be better than Western Christian's. I don't know. Oh, that's, 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 that's say, hey, here's a Fiji apple. Here's a, here's a pink apple. Compare them. You know, it's, it's pretty close right there in terms of what you're getting out of both in sweetness. Boy, I went, I went a little deep on that one. So I like apples. Okay. I like apples um, too. But – but West Lions defense has been just so good all season. It, it, like I said, it's, it's a major prove-it point these last two weeks for, for Unity Christian. I'm interested to see if they're able to score a little bit more. However, I've got to go with the history of West Lion. They've got, outside of 28 points that Boyd and Hall Rock Valley scored against them, they've been up six points all season. That includes Sioux Center and Central Lion George Little Rock. I don't think Emmitsburg is as good as they have been in the past. They got shut out last week. So this is a big one for Unity against what I think is a tougher defense than West Lyon. And, yes, Western Christian, you can come after me for saying that. However, I'll go, you know, 27 years of Jay Rosenboom. Travis Coyma, you've done a very good job there. But, you know, West Lyon's defense for the better on of two and a half decades has been its calling card along with its run game. I, I feel West Lyon can control the clock here. They can shut Unity's offense down. I can see this being a 40-6 to six game. Wow, wow. Uh, like we talked about, like I talked about with three and I guess, uh, somebody in the state has given West Lane a number one vote. I don't think it happened this week. I think it happened. I know it, it happened, happened a couple weeks week. ago. Yep, it happened, it happened last, last week. And, and honestly, Give I don't Give me the just, case. Uh, they can control the ball. Their offense is more consistent with the ground game. They're able to pound it out. Logan Myers an absolute beast, and, you know, I'm very interested to see that West Sioux West Lion game. See if West Sioux can move the ball against West Lion. I believe that is in two weeks. Yes, that's next. That's not this week, but the week after. I'm really interested to see what they can do there because I feel you know instead of having it's different kind of athletes that West Lion has than Western Christian. They're going to be big up front. They're going to be strong. They're going to be athletic. It's not going to be the same type of long athletic Western Christian. It's going to be we've been in the weight room. We like pork. <laughs> We're homebred farm boys. We're going to get after it. There's, there's more of a, a hard-edged dynamic to West Line than West Sioux. And West Sioux got them. West Sioux's been getting them lately. I'm very interested to see how it goes. I can make the case for, for a West Line team being ranked number one. Am I the one who voted West Line number one? No, I'm not. I'm not either. Um, no, I'm not. I, I, will say, I, will, I will say this. Um, Van Meter is another team I can see threatening – West Sioux too. They got to vote this week. Yes. I like I like West Lyon and Van Meter more than Dyke New Hartford to challenge West Sioux. Yeah, I think I don't think West Sioux is the big bag bear that like comparable to Regina five six years ago, maybe even seven years ago. I, the, West Sioux is a beatable team, but it's going to have to take a team 
to play a near perfect game to beat West Sioux. I'll say it like that. I, I disagree with that a little bit just because I think there's three to four big bad bears right there. And that. that's the thing. I think they are a big bad bear. I just think you have, uh, I think you got a nice little big bear concept going here. And, well, let me and, say it like this. The let me, let me say it like this. And uh, I, I, it's not number one. And then there's a big drop off to number two, number three. I think there is a good conglomerate. But what I was saying is Regina a few years ago, especially yeah. when I was just getting ready well, to graduate, was a dominant. I, I get it was a different time and period, and they had some playmakers on that team. Not saying that West Sioux or West Lyon don't, but comparing Regina to the early 2010s to the current teams we have right now, like you said, it's kind of com- apples and oranges. And, and comparing a private school that was 1A well, that to too. 3A is also a different that dynamic. Too. In that aspect. I mean, we're talking about West Line, you know, Inwood compared to the recruiting that Regina could do in the Iowa City area is just different. Comparing Hayward to that as well, just a little different. I mean, Iowa City, Regina did build a powerhouse, though. They did. They were the big bad bear. But that's also a team that should have been in 3A competing with Solomon and company and, and Xavier. I almost got nailed by a Nate Kading kick. I think it was my junior <laughs> year. I'll tell you that story out the air if we if uh, we have time tonight. Uh, last game on our list is Woodbury Central and Westwood. Um, I joke, jokingly said before we uh, turned on the record button is I hope they the trophy is some type of wooden type of trophy um, because I think that would be somewhat fun for um, the Rebels and the Wildcats to play for. But what do you see out of this game between Woodbury and Westwood? You know, this game got a little more interesting after after Logan Magnolia really pushed uh, Westwood last week, and I think Woodbury Central is going to kind of follow that same blueprint. Woodbury Central, after a 20 nothing loss to Hinton at, to begin the season, has really found its form here the last four weeks. You know, they, they got a really nice win against Tri-Center last week, 33-7. to uh, Mitchell Countryman is having a really nice year. Wade Mitchell is running the ball really well, and Jace Manker is uh, spreading the ball around. They've passed it 107, 108 times, and you know, Ethan Copeland's had a few catches there, too, and they ran the ball decent enough where they're, they're a well-balanced offense, and their defense is playing really well. They've got a good amount of interceptions on the season, um, uh, seven interceptions on the season, and they forced uh, four fumbles. So their defense has been solid. Westwood's defense has also been solid, and, you know, it kind of, their offense revolves around Carter Koppel. Um, I don't think they're getting the running game out of Braille Munoz that they're hoping to this season. That's made them a little one-dimensional. They can hit the deep pass and need it, but they've only passed it 19 times. So Woodbury Central is really going to have to focus on Carter Koppel and what he does read option-wise because they can hit that deep pass to Sam Miller or Jaden McFarland. This is going to come down to if Woodbury Central can stop the run, slow down Carter Koppel and Braulio Munoz, and if they can, I think that gives them an advantage. But like I said, Westwood also, you know, I, I mentioned the interceptions for Woodbury Central. Woodbury Central has thrown it 108 times, like I said. Westwood has 11 interceptions on the year. Luke Lyon has six of those. Maybe Jeez. try to not pass it in his direction <laughs> no. or keep it away from him. But I, I see that as well. And um, uh, Sam Miller also has three interceptions. That defensive backfield has been very good. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how Woodbury Central can run uh, can pass against them. You might see a heavier dose of Wade Mitchell in this game for Woodbury Central in that aspect, the Northern Iowa wrestling recruit. Um, yeah, Carter Koppel has been a beast this year too. So it could be Koppel versus Mitchell and we'll see how Woodbury Central passes it. I, I'm kind of putting this as a 50-50 game right now. It's, it's really hard to say because both defenses played so well. 
if Westwood can get a couple interceptions and turn them into points, that's going to be the difference in the game. If they can't, it's going to be a knockout, dragout game. I know Quick Stats doesn't compile the stat, and I wish they did, but we're just going to go on an educated guess here. But do you think Westwood's defense has put their opponents in a lot of third downs this year, given how many interceptions they had and forcing the other team to pass? Yeah, because, you know, they, they have. They really, they've sold them now. They've got a lot of tackles for losses, and that, that, that's huge in saying that they, they forced them third downs. So you got teams playing first and long, or I'm sorry, second and long, third and long, so they have put them in those situations. Uh, from what I can tell from solo tackles from losses. They don't have a lot of sacks, but they're really stopping the ground game, that aspect. Woodbury Central has done about the same thing, too. They've, they've got a lot of tackles for losses as well. So that, that's why their, their run game has been – their run defense has been good. Both run defenses have been good. So it's, it's really it's, – it's two teams. The main difference is Woodbury Central passes it a, bit, a lot more than, than Westwood, but Westwood can hit that deep pass. Um, they haven't as well as they have in the past, but you know they'll try and open that up there so teams don't key on their run game as much. For the team that loses this game, are they in trouble in terms of playoff scenario? You know, I, I, that, that, that's a very good question. Um, it was interesting to see how Logan Magnolia pu- pushed Westwood uh, last week. You know, that, that's who Woodbury Central has next week. So if they lose this one, that's an interesting game there. But Lawton Bronson and West Monona, what Lawton Bronson's defense has been good too. I think yeah. it's a win for West Monona against both teams. If, if Woodbury Central, if they lose, they're in a lot more trouble since that'd be their second loss. For Woodbury Central, or for Westwood, it wouldn't be as bad since they don't have a loss in the season yet. I think they still get in even if, if, they, if they get it. They do have Tri-Center coming up. So they got West Monona too. So it'll be interesting. Um, it's tough to say because I still don't know if Lawton Bronson's for real yet, but they've played well this season, um, especially since having Rico Garcia back. So I don't think it takes a hit. I think you just – it makes the other games a little bit more important, uh, but I think all three games for the for the team at the end of the season are, are all are all winnable for them. I think they're the favorites. You know, I think Woodbury Central is the favorite against Logan Magnolia, Lawton Bronson, and West Monona. I feel the same way about about Westwood against Tri Center, Lawton Bronson, and West Monona. I know we talked a lot in the near thirty eight minutes this week, but what else is on your radar that we haven't touched up on yet? Uh, we'll see if Central Lion can keep it up this week. Uh, in their game, um, you know, they all of a sudden became the leaders here in that, you know, they, they kind of be, became the, the high people on the totem pole in that district. You know, they got MLC Floyd Valley team that struggled this year. Can they go 2 0 in the district? Sioux Center has Sheldon. Can they keep it going? Um, you know, that they, they also want to know that that central line Sioux Center game in a couple of weeks looms big because they can take down Sheldon, take on MLC Floyd Valley, and can, can Boyden Hall Rock Valley bounce back and whoever beats them. Sioux Center still has Boyden Hall Rock Valley too. So can Boyden Hall Rock Valley see up? They, they should. They got Okaboji this week, and I see them I see them running away at that contest there. Uh, they have had some injuries, though, so it might come down to Central Line and Sioux Center because of injuries. So we'll see if they keep they keep it, the ball rolling like, like they have. Because that was a big win for Central Line last week against Boyden Hall Rock Valley. All right, that'll do it for this week six edition of the SEJ Preps Football Podcast. Can't believe it's already week six. And I should say is this a must win? We talk, we've, we're going to talk about some must win games for the area teams coming up, but is this a must win for Hewlin? Uh, yeah, because they don't. They're not playoff eligible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they are based on RPI, but, you know, if you're not getting, 
I don't know how they get in with five wins. If they have only four wins going in, yeah, it's it's abs- every game. I mean, every game starting with the West game is a must was a must win for them. Last week was a must win is a must win against West. Every game going forward is must win for them because uh, five wins. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're making the playoffs with five wins. All right, that'll do it for another edition of the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Can't believe it's already week six and it's already October, but it's just finally football cool weather, and um, hopefully we'll uh, get some good football weather for the rest of the season. For of sports editor Justin Rest, this is assistant sports editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.